Blog Talk Radio. Take a licking. <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Calm Mock Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, author of Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop, National Spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds Program and Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and of course living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics including backyard poultry. Technical difficulty? There we go. I think we got it fixed. There we go. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Kompok Feeds. At Kompok Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, Feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. The Yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The one and a half horsepower motor and 20 inch stainless steel tub can handle two eight pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance free. For more information about how you can own this must have chicken processing product, visit yardbirdchickenpluckers.com today. That's yardbirdchickenpluckers.com. I'm about to say something that may shock you. There's a chance the mealworm treats you're feeding your chickens are doing them more harm than good. Most of the mealworms sold in the U.S. are hollow and empty because of how they're processed. 
leaving them with little or no nutritional value. The problem is chickens love healthy insects like mealworms, but there hasn't been a way to get access to them in large quantities. Until now. The only mealworm company I endorse is The Honest Worm because of the way they raise and process their mealworms. Now, they've set aside some bags only for my listeners to try for free. Just cover the cost of shipping and handling. Head on over to freemealworms.com. That's freemealworms.com. If you don't see sold out at the top of the page, that means there's still some bags left, but only for a limited time. Go to freemealworms.com and get your free bag today. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer, here to tell you that if you have backyard poultry, nothing is more important than making sure your feathered friends are safe from infectious poultry diseases. Learn the simple steps to keep your birds healthy by visiting this website, healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. That's healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. A message from the USDA. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... You'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. I was just looking over a few things here um, about the contest we've got going on, which I'm about to tell you about. Um, let's see, what do we have here? Okay, I'll do that here in a couple of minutes. But, yo, know, thanks very much for tuning in today. Um, 
happy Independence Day after, right? Hope you had a great Independence Day yesterday with your family, uh, enjoying the freedoms that we have in this awesome, awesome country. Uh, we've got a great contest running right this second. In fact, it ends tonight at midnight, so you better get on the ball if you're going to enter. We are going to start raising some meat birds again, but one lucky winner, <laughs> whether they like it or not, no, is also going to be raising some meat birds. We've got a great contest going on right now with Tackle Hatchery. The contest ends tonight at midnight. Tomorrow I'll be actually officially ordering the meat birds. I'm going to get 10. The winner is going to get 10. They're going to be shipped out Monday. Yeah, so get ready because next week, Depending on where you live, you'll be getting 10 meat birds in the mail. So uh, hopefully you're ready for those, and you'll go along right with us. We're going to document this. We'll make daily uh, Facebook Live posts about how the meat birds are doing. I got the brooder cleaned out. It's ready to roll. And then uh, when it's time, we'll put them out into the coop. And then uh, my, my, my idea here is seven weeks based on what I'm probably going to get. Um but but that may change. It may be a little longer. I'm gonna, I'll explain that here in a minute when I go over to Cackle's website because we'll be ordering our, our meat birds from them. And uh, But the contest is very simple. What I want you to do to enter is on our Facebook page somewhere, and you'll see the related post, whether it be a Facebook Live post with video or just a regular old post um, in the comments section. We want you to post what breed of meat bird would you like to raise in your backyard just to get an idea of what interests you, um, our listeners and followers and fans. And then we're going to, I'm going to choose a winner, just randomly choose a winner, nothing scientific. And that winner is going to get 10 meat birds shipped to him from Tackle Hatchery next week, very soon. And then we're going to raise them. And initially, I was thinking, okay, um, wh- whoever wins will choose their bird. But that may not be the case because I know, in fact, I'll start heading over there right now to Cackle's website, uh, com. Should have had it open, but I was I was running late. I had a very important call. Um, Dr. McRae, I think I found an official co-author for my uh, the next book, so I, I had to obviously take that call. And we'll go down here to baby chicks, and we'll scroll down to meat and broiler chickens because we are getting our uh, meat birds from Cackle Hatchery. It looks like our, if you really want to stay to a meat bird, and we could do dual purpose. Uh, that's fine. We could do a heritage breed, whatever you want. Uh, but basically under their meat bird section. We've got Freedom Rangers. We've got Jumbo Cornish Cross. And we've got then what they identify as a fry pan special. And I think from what it looks like here, the fry pan special is nothing but uh, probably male chicks of whatever variety they have extra at the end of the shipping day. I may be wrong with that, and uh, Cackle can scold me for that, but that's just what it appears from their website. So that's that's the that's the gist I get from looking at their website. So uh, it, that's if you want to stay, you know, with the, the Freedom Rangers or a, Cornish, a Jumbo Cornish Cross. They do have the Sean DeClaire listed here, but I'm not sure if that's chicks or maybe a more started bird. It's probably a chick, but they're seven dollars a piece and then uh cackles red broiler chicken which looks really close to a freedom ranger but hey, it's, it's, they're out of stock of that now anyway so it doesn't matter so you know we, we 
our choices being shipped from Cackle, we can go with the Freedom Ranger, we can go with the Jumbo Cornish Cross, we can go with just about anything. If you want a dual-purpose breed, then we can go with something like, uh, let me see what we got here, just go to a brown egg layer for all that's worth. Uh, the Bard Rock, we could go with that if you wanted to. Uh, even a Buff Orpington if you wanted to. Um, the um, Costrelor would, I think, be a good uh, dual-purpose breed. They they get pretty uh, nice in size. Uh, you're just looking at probably raising them out 16 to 20 weeks. And then uh, you might only get a four-pound bird, four-and-a-half-pound, five-pound maybe, um, if we're lucky at 20 weeks on something like a Bard Rock. But um, where where the advantage is, and, and I'm actually leaning towards, and some people don't want me to do it. They want me to do something more exotic. But I really think that I'm doing uh, probably this time we'll just do a, uh, under our meat and boiler chicken, I'll probably the first time do just a jumbo Cornish cross. And, and that will bore a lot of people. But I think it's a good way to start because in the next, because it gets done fast. Uh, my goal here, I think, will be seven weeks um, with these guys, and they're going to eat a lot, poop a lot, grow fast, better to process it. And then guess what? I can order some more and, and start again. And then we can compare the next set of meat birds we do. So the Jumbo Cornish Cross, I'm, I'm thinking seven weeks in my mind, maybe stretch out to eight. Could be six, depending on how much they eat and how fast they grow. I know five to six weeks is not uncommon, maybe in a commercial setting, but in my little backyard setting here, my homestead, 13 acres, and they've got a pretty nice area to roam around and a pretty decent coop. Um, I'm only looking at eight or ten. Uh, I'm thinking maybe six, seven weeks. In my mind, I'm saying seven weeks. And uh, so that gets us really to the next uh, 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 rollout and, com- and and contest a little sooner. Uh, we're not dragging it out for 16 or 20 weeks, and then and then and then we have something to compare it to here in seven eight weeks when we get our next uh, uh, contest. And then let's say we do go with the Bard Rock or the Freedom Ranger or Chanticleer or something or whatever. Then then we've got really something to compare it to there, and it's not going to take as long to get to our next contest and our next set of meat birds. So that's why I'm really laying my theory on going with the Jumbo Cornish Cross. So that's that's the goal there. But hey, go ahead and sign up. Uh, I just posted about today's podcast. Uh, you can post what meat bird you'd like to to see, what you would like to raise in your backyard. Post what breed, and then and then I'll just take them all. And uh, I'll, I'll do just a random uh, choosing, and we'll choose a winner. And you'll get the 10 meat birds that we choose next week. So it's going to be pretty quick. I'm placing my order tomorrow. The contest, uh, contest ends tonight at midnight. And then we, um, you, they'll be shipping out Monday, folks. <laughs> so the winner better be ready. I know I am. got my brooder cleaned out. So I thought it would be perfect timing for today for Dr. McCray to talk about, in general, kind of a good overview of raising backyard meat birds. And then guess what? Next Thursday when we come on, Dr. Maurice Pateski is going to be talking about some things to look out for, whether it be disease or some some things that we might see with a fast-growing meat bird to, to have to deal with medically um, and, and things like that. And that'll be next Thursday. So how cool is that? And then daily I'll start doing the documentation, measuring. And I'm not going to do really scientific, like weighing the feed. Oh, this is how much... To, I'm just going to say, hey, we went through four bags of feet. <laughs> so I'm not getting too scientific, but you'll be able to see it. We'll document this kind of on a daily basis. But I thought it would be perfect for Dr. McCray to come on talk about kind of a well-rounded overview of raising backyard meat birds. So I'm going to phone lines right now on the switchboard. Click. 
And we will welcome Dr. Bridget McRae back to the show. Happy 4th. I know I talked to you yesterday, but happy 4th. <laughs> hey, how are you? Hey, I was taking I'm a look at well. the Kakahatchee website. And, yeah, I mean, I was I was looking at just the meat and broiler chicken page, and yeah. I that was that's pretty cool. The fact that they offer the Chanticleer, which is great down south here, because um, you know some people really like a a rare rarer uh-huh. chicken. Uh-huh. Um, however, we're going to talk about some of the the pluses and the minuses that you can uh, likely encounter there in Georgia, Andy. Um, mm-hmm. With your 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 fry pan adventure, are you actually going to fry your chickens, or are you just you're going to rotisserie them, or what? What's your favorite way to eat chicken meat? Wow, I, who doesn't love chicken? Um, I will probably fry <laughs> some. I will probably bake some. I'll probably put some in the instapot and roast some, I guess. Um, and uh, but yeah, I'll probably do a combination of a lot of different things. Well, one of the things that I thought looking, was very – go ahead. I said we're only looking at – I think I'm going to order 10. I'd really prefer 8 based on the size of the coop, but, you know, 8, 10, we might lose one or two in shipping or whatever. So um, we're looking at 8 or 10, and I, I figured that will be great after seven weeks. That gets us so, you know, then, then we'll order the, the other ones. So just looking at 8 or 10 right now, not a huge number. And did you, when you were at their website, Dr. McRae, did you get the kind of the same assumption I did that their fry pan special looks just like, well, it's probably yeah. the cockerels? Okay, I, I just I, – I Yeah, would, and they, I it's said heritage free only so you know that's gotcha. kind of a that's kind of cool i mean yeah. if you're they're going to be cheaper and if that's what you're looking for and you don't mind taking the time that it's going to take to get right. those guys raised up go right. for it the um yeah. the other nice thing i saw on their page was they've got a little five dollar booklet on raising Cornish cross chickens for meat. Now yep, not yep. all hatcheries have something like that smack dab on the same page so that they're actually showing you the birds. Uh-huh. So I think that's really uh-huh. good marketing on their part. <clears throat> um but let's talk about what you're about to launch into, you and your lucky listener winner. Yeah. Uh, so of course you've got your brooder set up. Good. Let's talk about that. Um, what's the what's the daytime highs right now in Georgia right now? I'm going to say 90. Okay, with the heat index. It's, it's, oh, a heat index. We're probably around. I would say 100, especially you know humidity and everything else. Yeah. Like like I think I, I, we'll just say right now between 88 and 90, 80, 90. We'll say 85. May hit 92 yeah. some, but I think right now 85 to 85 to 90. We had a nice day high. yesterday, I think. We're we're close yeah, enough yeah. that you probably had the same day that I did. Um, but we've had some heat advisory days, yeah. Yep. All right. So your baby chicks, they're going to be cool with that cuz Andy, what yeah. temperature do you want your brooder to start at week 1? We want it to be right around 95 degrees. 90 to 95? 95 degrees. Yep, 95 degrees Fahrenheit. So you're probably going to be hitting the mark. The only time they might get a little uncomfortable is at night if you should get a breeze started, if you're brooding them outside, if there should be a breeze starting, or um, if for some reason we should get some 
crazy dip in temperature in the month of July. Probably not going to happen. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they're uh, they're they'll be outside and um, they'll be um, under. The brooder itself, of course, is undercover. It's actually off of a, a lean-to, off of, yeah, so they're outside. I'm looking at low temperatures right now this week, um, 65 to 70 as a low temperature. Now, we've talked about this before when we've talked about ventilation and temperature control. Your hottest time of the day is right before the sun sets, so that's four or five o'clock, maybe six, depending on whether you've got hills, trees, the sun angle on your particular piece of property. And yep. those are things to look at. Where am I going to put this brooder? Are these birds going to be brooded outdoors, in a shed, in a barn, in my mudroom? Um, all those things are going to be part of your equation. But this is the time of year that is perfect for brooding them straight outdoors if that's what you're going to do. If that's what that's you're what set up to do, nail it. Go for it. Let Mother Nature pay the power bill for the most of it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so if you've got that option, great. You're, you're starting them on natural day length. Usually in the first 24 hours of them arriving, you want to have light on them for 24 hours just so they find food and water. It's not usually a problem with broilers because they're designed to eat. Now, if you were to go get the Freedom Rangers or the fry pan special, you might get some less than eating machine prone ones in there. Um, just watch them. In the first 24 hours, make sure that they're eating and drinking and definitely in the first week, you should be able to identify who's weak and small and who's not at all. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got to you've got to be able to to lay hands on them in that first twenty four hours. I'd keep a light bulb out there just so they find food and okay. water, and then the next day, once they get through that first night, pull that light out and you're done. And it could be something as simple as a as a plain old light bulb. Um, you don't have to use, like, major wattage or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. Like a tap light would do the trick. Just don't let them poop on it. Um, sure. But you've got – you've just got to get something out there so they can make sure that they find food and water. Of course, take a look at your brooder. Is there anything that could get them? Because as soon as that light stays on all night, Everybody can see it. You're going to be able to see it. The neighbor's dog's going to be able to see it. The hawks and owls overhead are going to be able to see it. Who's going to come a-looking? So if you got your game camera, go set it up out there. See who comes to see your chicks in the first week and take a picture of them. Maybe you could post that on your Facebook page if you've got a camera. There you like go. That. That'd be cool. Um, <clears throat> or go borrow one from somebody. Um, but you'd be surprised what normally patrols your property and what will see that light. Come, come check it out. But you do, you do need to let them go back to your natural day length um, when they're on day two on your property. A couple things you need to think about. Light is going to have a major effect on these growing birds. We like to have them 
on eight-hour day lengths. They do better. Fast-growing birds are going to grow fast, but they also are going to respond to natural day lengths. And right now, what summer solstice was June 21st, and so we're close to almost 16 hours of light and eight hours dark. So right. you've got you've got chickens that are better off um, with more controlled lighting conditions. You're not going to be able to pull that off. You're probably going to see incidences of loss that you want eight and you're ordering 10 I think you're good dude because <laughs> more than likely you're going to have some unless you're you're a miracle worker and I don't know Andy you're pretty talented but you're going to yeah. have some mortality you might only end up yep. with six or something like that but when is that when, you know, when, when do I expect that with the meat birds like let's say we go with the Cornish cross I'm leaning towards that right now for those reasons I explained when when would I probably see that first happening so you might start to see the telltale signs of it in like the second week onward, towards okay. the end of the second week onward. Um, just because heating your chickens with light versus heating your chickens are two different things. Um, so you could actually start your chickens in December and provide a heat lamp and your fast-growing chickens are going to have the same problems as if you had them on long days, like you are right now, because they can't they can't keep up with what the light is telling their bodies to do, which is grow, 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 and so you end up with ascites, a s c i t e s, ascites, mm-hmm. which is a, a heart problem. Um, so. If you can, if you can dark out part of their coop and they can kind of retreat from the light, probably will be horribly what stuffy about, in there. Okay, Go ahead. So, so that's the lighting here you're talking about is is the the longer days means they're going to be eating more. Is that is that where yeah. you're contributing it yep. to that? So stimulating it, would them. It, would it be, would, if I can't control the light, they're outside. They are under cover so it's you know there's they're obviously in the shade it's, it's part and partially eating more and it's partially just their bodies trying to mature at the rate of what the nature's light is saying because normally chicks hatch in the spring how about only providing the feed for them for the whatever hour i think it's an eight hour or whatever so you're going to stress you know, them out that invokes a whole different problem. That'll stress them out. Okay, got it. Got yeah. It, got it. Okay. They they won't grow as well, and you want to be done in seven weeks. You're probably not going to be done in seven weeks to your satisfaction. And that creates some food um, when you don't provide food consistently. Um, food inconsistency. You know they may overeat, and therefore you'll end up with fatty livers, which you may want for foie so, gras. But your birds might die. So that could be... That's why it's called poultry science, Andy. It's poultry science. So... Huh, what? The, um... Oh, what was I going to say? So so the issue of if they start once they're in the coop 
and they're just eating and eating and eating and they're getting big, big, big. You start seeing them just sitting around, you know, all the, all the typical things you see with, right. the, uh, say, a Cornish cross. Right. Um, you do see people recommend removing the food at nighttime, restricting that at night, just only having it during the day so they don't blow up so dark on fast where they start having a lot of Excel problems. Um, and then you're, and so that's partially why I was, and then you were talking about the hours of the light. Now, I'm not going to be able to control that because they're outside. And then my mind shifts thinking, okay, let's find solutions to that, removing the feed um, maybe at nighttime or, or whatever. So you just, just make we're just sure going to lay the feed. that when it's nighttime, it's nighttime. So oh, yeah, don't nighttime. put them next to the road where everybody's car headlights no. are going to, you know, keep them up a little bit. Um, nope, no lighting you know, When it's dark, it needs dark. to be dark. It's yeah. dark. Dark is dark. Good. Great. All right. So if you had to uh, to keep them warm for some reason, you know, it is hurricane season. Um, if you get a storm that comes through, you might have to provide heat. If you can do that without providing light, bonus. And I can do it. a sweeter heater or an eco-glow is great for that purpose. Um, however, you might have a propane pan heater that would work just as well if you've got propane on your property. So think about some of those things. Watch the weather. Respond to your bird's needs or at least talk it out. Write it down in case you go on vacation or have um, maybe somebody get sick. You need somebody to come in and, and pet say so If you have it written down, it's a plan and you can stick to it a little better. Um, all right. So providing heat without providing light is great. Now, the days are getting shorter, and but the month of August and the month of July are pretty darn hot. Mm-hmm. So you're going to find that those birds need to be able to get away from heat as much as possible. They're going to sit down. They're going to put their bodies in physical contact with the earth, preferably in a shaded area, one that has good airflow. Um, There's heat coming from several different sources. There's heat coming from the sun and there's heat coming from the birds. So you can either sweat, touch something that's cool to give you, you know, a way for you to dissipate your heat, or you can have... um, uh, you can have some some airflow over you, like a breeze, that helps keep you cool. Chickens have a couple of design features that are meant for them to dissipate heat. Um, they will increase their blood flow to their comb and waddle, which we know are fairly small on Cornish Cross. But if folks are getting like the Freedom Rangers or the Fry Pan Special, those birds have larger combs, and they can actually take advantage of small um, breezes and, and help dissipate the heat from their bodies. They also lift their wings away from their body and kind of let them droop. You'll even see wild birds do this in the in the real hot parts of the summer. They'll seek shade, and they'll try to go somewhere where even if a little light occasional breeze occurs, mm-hmm. um, even from a passing car, that helps them. So if you're able to, when it gets above 85 degrees, if you're able to just put a fan out there, um, not when they're chicks, you'll you'll chill them. <laughs> but when you're 
when you're about three weeks into it, if they're panting, that's when you right. got to have a dedicated box fan or fan of some sort that can handle the out of doors in case you should get a downpour. Uh, pop that in there. But keep in mind, some birds are going to need it more than others, the bigger birds probably. Um, but your smaller birds, they may want to get away from it. So have have the space set up so that maybe there's a, a cardboard petition partition in there somewhere so the birds can get away from the breeze if they need to. It may also act as a baffle in, in whatever space you've got to help the air mix a little bit. Uh, so think about where you can put a fan. If you're going to run a drop cord out there, I would say um, if you can keep that connection dry in case of a, a thunderstorm, think about it. Either wrap it in some electrical tape or you can get a little um, snap-on device that, that keeps it um, dry. Hey, you know what I saw? Jen showed it to me. What? She said, hey, take a look at this. We should do this on a couple of things that we were using at the time. Um, you take basically a perfectly square uh, Tupperware, uh, really anyone, even the ones like sometimes you can buy lunch meat, um, ham or turkey yeah. that uh, really, that comes in a Tupperware thing already, and you're already buying it. Um, and then they had cut out a notch on either end, and they laid the cord uh-huh. down in that notch, and that connection is within that Tupperware, and you just pop the top on. So you've got the cord right. coming in where you've cut the notch out on the right Perfect. and on the left. And it was, it was awesome. I was like, oh, goodness gracious, this works perfectly. So, uh, yes, I wanted to throw that out there because that that's cheap, free, and especially if you buy that lunch meat already like we do, then you've got those things coming out of your ears, and uh, it just, it's free and it'll <laughs> work like out great. I like to tie a little knot. I like to tie a knot so that they stay knotted together. So if you accidentally right, yeah. trip on one end, you don't unplug it. You know, if you're if you you know trip on it, go into the garden, and you don't wander back over by the chickens till the next morning, and they're all frozen to death, or you know you're like, <laughs> oh, what happened? Oh, gee, well, you know, you've got it still covered, but it won't disconnect on you as easily as if it it were um, just straight connected. Um, so think about that. Um, so a box fan, some some sort of something that you know. If you want to hook it up to a bicycle and have the kids pedal to cool the chickens, knock your <laughs> socks out. I'd like to see some some youth ingenuity there. Use our teenager ingenuity um, to keep those chickens cool. All right. Of course, we're talking about heat. That means water. Chickens drink twice as much water as they eat. So make sure that water is cool, fresh, and clean. Stale water isn't going to be as appealing to chickens, and they will stop eating because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, water that is grody, um, you know, give them an option. I mean, here's how I grew up. If it wasn't clean enough for me to drink from, the animals didn't drink from it. So make sure you've got a a, a brush out there that you can um, scrub your waters with on a daily basis and put cool, fresh, clean water in there. <clears throat> One of the things that some people like to do to keep the water clean, depending on the type of water that you use, if you've got a frozen water bottle that you can um, sit down in the middle of your gallon water, or maybe you've got a larger water, 
uh, it'll help keep those temps down for just a little bit longer. Buys you the time that you need to maybe get some other errands done and then come back, check water temperature, change it if need be. So think about that. Um, cool device that uh, is fun for everybody to use, even even for summer grilling. It's just a little infrared um, uh, heat gun a thermometer. Yeah. And you can get that at Lowe's or Home Depot. Uh, they use it for heating and air conditioning services. So you can get all kinds of levels of quality on the, those particular devices. So get one, you can zap the interior space of the, the coop, the outdoor space of the coop, write those temperatures down, zap your chicken, not in the eyeball, but zap your chicken, see what temperature's coming off of them, and then zap the water. What temperature is that water at? And you do that a couple times a day, jot those numbers down, see what's really going on inside that coop. Well, it also helps to have a miniature, uh, minimum or maximum temperature thermometer inside there so you can see what your temperatures, the chickens are experiencing right at their level. Broilers are not going to perch. They don't perch. Very well. I, I, I so, knew you were going to go that route because that was one I wanted to make sure that uh, we let our listeners know that. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> they are. They like to run around and hop on stuff, but perchers from way back, they are not. Um, they're they're rug huggers for for life. <laughs> <laughs> um, grass huggers. Maybe I'll say grass huggers. Um, so think about that. You know, it it may be nice for you to just zap the temperatures in there in the morning, and then at the highest part of the day, and it might surprise you what they're really experiencing. Especially if you're providing all kinds of things for them, but you still see them panting. Um, so some some folks like devices, some folks don't. So if you can um, put ice cubes in their water, frozen water bottles, um, put the water in shade, those are all tactics that you should be utilizing in your coop. And part of it is when they're old enough to move from the brooder into the, the coop that you're going to raise them in, are they in the shade all day long? Because mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. time of year... Yeah. You really want them to be. Uh, Where mean, they're going, yeah. they're pretty much in the shade. They're in the shade. They've Good. got the, not only the cover over the run, which is built into the, the coop, and then it's also um, very shady in that that area. So we we should be good there. And um, it's um, with their growth, and, and this time of year, you're not saying, oh, when the outside temperatures are at this temperature, then they're you know six to four. Six to eight weeks when they're fully feathered out, they're ready to go to the coop, which you know we normally talk about. But like with these meat birds and the season it is now, when we're looking at low of seventy and high of eighty-five, then it's it's just for the most part when when we feel they're ready to go out to the coop because the temperature would be, I guess, at this point irrelevant, and the coop that we have would be able to contain them at any size um, because of the hardware cloth and the, the way it's designed. So it's just it would be our so one of the things I would say is um, during the first couple of weeks, you know, you're going to be at 95 degrees and then 90 degrees. You just got to watch your your nighttime temperatures and what they dip down to and mm-hmm. see if you need to provide supplemental right. heat. And okay, good. So you just got to watch the weather. 
And that's where a thermometer helps you. you. You know, you could start sending that thermometer out there now, the week before you get those chicks, and see what it starts saying and then whether or not you need to crack open your sweeter heater. Um, okay, so one of the last things I'm going to talk about before go to break is yep. what goes on the ground. Um, and then after the break, I'm going to talk about food, weight gain, Good. and ammonia. So okay, great. grass is fine. Just make sure that it's a space that has good drainage in case of a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, grass is good, but don't expect your chickens to eat a whole lot of it, especially when they're chicks, unless it is brand new baby grass just coming up. They do like mm-hmm. clover. They will enjoy mm-hmm. clover a lot. When they're older, not necessarily when they're younger, because sometimes, you know, some of that clover petals together can be the size of their face. So <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna move them to a spot that has that has grass, do not expect them to take advantage of um grass that's longer than say, you know, two inches. Um they like the ton the, the young and tender shoots and that's really what their beaks are designed to take advantage of and, and they don't really eat a whole lot of forage. But if you're going to have them in an indoor space, like a brooder, you can keep them on wire. They're going to do fine on wire. You do need to watch their feet for damage. And, you know, sometimes the foot flips through and somebody can't get it, get their foot out. Um, you can help them out. But shavings are great. I like shavings. Sawdust could work, too. Um if you're going to use straw, make sure it's chopped to about an inch or less in length. Um, if you've got, some people like to use lawn clippings. Eh, it likes to decompose. And sometimes there's oils or, um, you know, from the machine parts of your lawnmower. Eh, it's not my favorite. Um, unless it's really well dried out and not everybody's set up to do that but what you could do is take a uh, small drop cloth and probably I would say five or so pounds of of lawn clippings that you rake up and spread them in a light layer over a a drop cloth and let them dry try not to do any clumping because if it clumps together what are you going to get you're going to get decomposition which is not really something you want to do with your chickens, especially when they're young and naive. And fast growers like this, mm, pass on that. We'll get to the details on that in just a moment. But I do like shavings. Um, there are a few other products out there that people have used, like um, rice holes. If you're in Louisiana or California, you might have access to those because that's where the rice industry is in our country. Um, some people say that they do fine with um, uh, bark chips. Um, that can be a little large and cumbersome for a chick to traverse over. Some people have said mulch. Mulch isn't usually quite dry enough. Um, and sometimes they can have chemical additives for colors. So some people say pine straw. Pine straw tends to be a bit long. So I really like wood shavings. 
Um, crushed corn cobs have, have been proven to work. Um, if you live in an orange orchard, some people have used um, pelletized or, or chopped very small um, orange peels uh, to some degree that has worked. So depending on where you are, you could um, have a product that's been tested and known to, to work, including the paper pulp industry. However, that tends to get mushy um, after it gets wet. But I thought I would share that with we'll you probably, folks. And, yeah, and we'll just regular old like pine a... shavings will do just fine. There is no research out there yet that says, you know, cedar shavings are a huge no-no. Right, right. Um, so, but you know, if you, I wouldn't pay for cedar shavings, I'd pay for pine mm-hmm. shavings. Yeah. Thank you very much. Right. It's cheaper. Yeah, we'll <laughs> probably go with the large flake uh, pine shavings, and then when they get you know, older, uh, softball size, a little bit bigger, we'll switch over to the wood chips because they're free, and we've got plenty here we've been doing a bunch of chipping so we'll probably when they get older uh-huh. do the wood chip thing but but smaller we'll definitely do the large larger shavings perfect still still chicks so uh, that, that's our game plan so awesome we're going to go to break and we come back we'll talk about what food we're going to give them because because you know when, when we're looking at having them hopefully uh, um, be done and dress out at seven or eight weeks we don't look at like oh well you're going to start with chick starter for the first eight weeks and then go to a grower for the next eight or t- stay with chick starter for 16 and then 16 to eight weeks switch over to a laying pellet because <laughs> these guys are going to be on my plate hopefully in seven you know eight weeks so um yeah we know it's a little bit different with a little bit different with the with the uh, broiler chick stay with us we are talking about raising backyard meat birch with dr bridget prey we'll be back stay with us when you need an incubator think brincy the incubation specialists Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. How would you like to sleep in on the weekends without having to get up early to let your chickens out or not have to rush home after eating dinner to shut your chickens in for the night? And who's had the unfortunate surprise that a raccoon, possum, or fox got to your chickens because you forgot to close the coop? Well, your days of worrying have come to an end. Introducing the Chicken Guard Automatic Chicken Coop Door Opener. 
Working off either the timer or light sensor, Chicken Guard automatically opens your coop door in the morning to let the girls out and shuts it at night to keep them safe. Tried and trusted by over 40,000 users worldwide. Buy Chicken Guard online at chickenguardian.com or your local farm and feed store. That's chickenguardian.com. With more than 25 years in the business, Eggland's Best is known for its highest standards in taste, nutrition, freshness, and quality. And now the brand is bringing its expertise to backyard farmers nationwide. Introducing Eggland's Best Backyard Chicken Feed. Feeding Eggland's Best Chicken Feed to backyard chickens will result in superior eggs with six times more vitamin D, 25% less saturated fat, more than double the omega-3s, 10 times more vitamin E, and more than double the amount of vitamin B12 than ordinary eggs. Eggland's Best Chicken Feed comes in several varieties for layers and chicks, and they even offer an organic variety. Eggland's Best Chicken Feed is now available in select farm supply, pet, mass merchandiser, and grocery retailers nationwide, including Tractor Supply. Pick up a bag for your backyard flock today. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at idealpoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer here to tell you that if you have backyard poultry, nothing is more important than making sure your feathered friends are safe from infectious poultry diseases. Learn the simple steps to keep your birds healthy by visiting this website, healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. That's healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. A message from the USDA. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Calm Bach Feeds. And I want to remind you again, we've got an ongoing contest that ends tonight at midnight. And all you have to do is, on one of our related posts on our Facebook page, just type in there, what breed of meat bird would you like to raise in your backyard? And we'll just do a random drawing, and that one lucky winner is going to receive uh, 10 meat birds. And uh, next week, they'll be shipping out 
on Monday, depending on where you live in relationship to Missouri, where Tackle Hatchery is, then uh, you might get them on Tuesday, you might get them on Wednesday, and uh, we'll be documenting all of that here on our homestead about raising the meat birds. And again, right now, probably leaning towards the Cornish Cross, just because, I know that'll disappoint some folks, because they were looking at something a little bit more exotic, but just because we can get it done quickly, and then we can move on to our next contest, and our next type of meat bird, and then we really have something to compare it to a lot faster than if we did a slow growing. We've got to wait 16 to 20 weeks um, to, uh, to, to for that to be done, and then we compare it with something else. So this really gets it done quickly, and then we can compare the other, maybe a heritage breed or a dual-purpose breed to what we did with the Cornish Cross. So just to give you an idea what we're probably going to go with, for, uh, and we know Cackle carries those, so um, that's one reason why we're doing that as well. So let's get back over to the phone lines, and let's talk about what I'm going to be feeding these little burgers. Yeah, where do you think you're going to buy your feed from? I'm getting my feed from Kalmbach. So uh, oh, I just have to okay. send them an email and say, hey, I need some broiler grower or some game or something. I know higher in protein is what, I, what I'm looking for. And so uh, i got to see what they offer in, in that category, and I'm going to be ordering it. I'll pick it up here at the local feed store that carries some of their product. So that's, that's, my, that's my game. <laughs> you want to aim for a, a percent protein that's about 21 or 22%. Crude protein okay. to start with your with your chicks. Um, most chick starters are at about twenty one percent. I do know there are some companies out there that have some meat bird, um, and crumbles are are really where you want to start as far as uh-huh. chicks. Um, chicks will take little dust baths and mash diets, and you know I know you're getting your feed for free, but the other person who's getting free chicks, isn't getting free feed. So I would start with crumbles. You can start with a medicated chick starter, which I do like. But sometimes if you've got like a a meat bird starter, it may or may not have the option of doing medicated. So you got to do some homework. Who who can you order from? Who will your feed store deliver? Who's, you know, how, how much do you need? Honestly, one bag of starter will be plenty for your 10 birds. You're going to feed that starter for two weeks. Then you're going to switch to a grower. So as far as that's concerned, um, your week, at the end of two weeks, so week three, four, five, and six, and probably seven too, um, you're going to want to feed that grower. And okay. that's going to be about teen or so percent, um, 17, 18 percent. You do not want to feed a layer diet. Um, that's got a increased level of calcium phosphorus that your chickens mm-hmm. don't need. They're not going to reach egg egg laying age. <laughs> so your grower diet's, uh, it's going to be about 17 or 18 percent, um, and you can actually, after a couple of weeks, over the course of a week, you want to switch them into that new feed, which may be pelleted, or you might stick with crumbles. 
So again, not only do you have to take a look at the crude protein percentage that you're offering your birds, but you need to look at the form in which that feed is being offered. You're going to save a lot of dollars if you switch to a pellet. And their little beaks, those eating machines beaks, should be big enough at that point to handle a pellet no problem. Um, and so there's a whole lot less in the way of feed waste. All right, so I see here that um, Kalmbach's got a 19% broiler chick grower finisher crumble medicated. Perfect. That will be a great grower for your for your chickens, but you know you want to have a, a that 22% they've got broiler and chick starter grower. Um, that's where you probably want to be um, with your first bag in the first two weeks. Now, how many bags are you likely going to need for these eating machines? Um, for 10 birds, assuming no losses, I would have. I would start with. Four, three or four bags to have on hand and see if that doesn't do the trick for you. Um, you know, of course things happen, you know, bags get knocked over, feeders get, and so you may find that mm, you need more. Um, so look, look to make sure that your feeder is, is well situated. I would hang your feeder um, and make sure it's on a chain that's adjustable with a little S-hook so that you can actually raise it up every couple of days to the middle of the bird's height of the bird's back. Um, and, you know, if if you're not sure where that is, <laughs> make your chicken stand up <laughs> and, and take a look and, and adjust it accordingly. Your kids can do that for you. <clears throat> Now they've got a. Yeah. Um, you probably saw this, an all-natural 22% broiler crumble start to finish, a complete feed yes. formulated starting and growing heavy breed broilers and meat type poultry safe. Uh, da, 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 and um, and then they've got. Well, I guess I'm trying to see. It's a start. It, they label it, and I know some people need the starter grower. So if I'm buying or getting it, the 50-pound bag, then would that would I be better off going with that or the nineteen percent or if I just stay well, on one feed start, and not have to worry about changing? You wanna preferably you wanna start at twenty one or twenty two percent crude protein. And then Got after it. two Got weeks you wanna drop down to nineteen. Eighteen or nineteen percent. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, preferably eighteen, but nineteen will do the trick. You're already at a twenty two with the starter um and they've got medicated for um the 19 percent and and that'll take you right through to the end um i don't think their 22 percent broiler and chick starter grower is medicated i can't seem to spot that nope, doesn't say. I don't see on their that. website nope. anywhere so I've got so I'll get a bag. I'll get a Sorry. bag of the. Um, <laughs> I'll get a bag of the. Or, oh yeah, I don't see it in the Medicaid, which is fine with me. I, I mean, that's cool. But the brooder I've got set up and all on the screen, and they're pooping down on the tray. So, so if I start off, and I get one you bag, would be breaking the fecal oral cycle anyhow during your correct. brooding period. And once you put them outside on their regular coop, perfectly fine to get them on on some medicated. 
um, feed at that point. Sounds like a good plan to me. Um, Perfect. Got it. So your your feeder needs to be adjusted. You can also adjust the height of your waterer. You need to be able to uh-huh. lift that up if it's a, a ground-based waterer. Uh, needs to also be at the height of the bird's back. But if you're using a nipple drinker system, those, the chickens actually need to reach up to trigger that so that the water that they trigger flows down their throat. They don't need to bend over to try to trigger that. You're going to end up with way more water wastage that way. So you want your nipple drinker system to be up higher than their head so that they have to reach up, trigger it, and then it just kind of flows down their throat. So um, probably put that just about a little bit more than the height of their combs when they're standing up. Um, That should be also something that is adjustable as well uh, so that you can adjust it according to their height. When you get your baby chicks, soon as they arrive, you need to dip their beaks in water, watch them swallow, dip their beaks mm-hmm. in food, and then mm-hmm. you can set them down so they orient themselves to food and water. Now, I recommend before you start dipping their beaks, take a kitchen squ- scale and weigh each chick. Okay? In either ounces or grams, just weigh them and Take the average, and then exactly at one week old, do it again. Now, don't do it the rest of the time, but if you're doing a real good job, and they're really good at eating, and they're real happy, you're going to see a fourfold increase. They're going to be four times mm-hmm. heavier after one week of growth. That's your goal. Okay. And that's, you know, kitchen scale. Don't tell Jen. I'll clean it later. Uh, don't get caught. <laughs> but um, you can use a little digital scale from Walmart or something like that. Pay five ten bucks. I've got one. Yep. Okay. Make sure the batteries are fresh and go for it. Um. Hey, quick before I forget, what thermometer do you use, Doctor McCray? Because I tell you what, I, I kid you not, I have had birds in the past, even as recently as eight six weeks ago. When when I had uh, 200, and I started with 200, sold a few, sold a few, sold a few, and as they got bigger in the brooder, and I probably had them in the brooder a little bit longer Ooh. than I should, but they destroyed the thermometer I had in there. They had access, I mean, obviously access to it. I guess I could mount it somehow where they didn't have access to it. But if it's down on their level, I mean, they, they I mean, I know they don't put, you know, mercury in them anymore, but, but, it, but I mean, they just, but gone. They just destroyed it. It's missing. <laughs> Gone. It went missing. Those little peckers. Yeah, they just with their beaks. And they busted it. They busted busted my um, my thermometer. I had it in my brooders. All three of them. All three of them. They're like, hey, what's well, this? This looks like good. Maybe I'll eat this. Pop, 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 pop. Gone. So I have this little thing that hangs into the in the, in the GQ, GQF brooder, and the thermometer is literally missing. Gone. Zero, you know. The kind of thermometer I, I use is just the kind you get at box stores, so they're a little bit larger. They're not that super convenient yeah, uh-huh. small size, and they usually yeah. have, like, plastic over the front uh-huh. of it because yeah. I like to get the min-max yeah. kind, and um, they can't bust through the plastic. 
to get. I need to do that. I need to look, start looking or, for that because I, I I have had the ones in the past where it's got a little magnet thing within the thermometer and in the magnet. This is the time that you down. do it. This is the time of year when you get them and you get plenty of them so that if one breaks, you got a backup. <laughs> yep, they, those little suckers, boy, they just destroyed it. So <laughs> vicious. Um, they were little dinosaurs. <laughs> So one of the very last things I'm going to talk to your listeners about is ammonia control. Great. Um, you know, it's a problem. And, you know, you've got chickens that are drinking way more. Uh, it's hot. You want them to be drinking. So, therefore, their droppings are going to be wetter. Um, so you do need airflow over those droppings to dry them out. So I do encourage the use of a fan in the summertime. It's also a broiler chicken, which means they are eating and pooping machine. And you will be shocked (laughs) at the end of your first three days as to how bad that brooder smells. So get on it. There's a whole bunch of ammonia control products. You even have an advertiser for one that I would say sprinkle that over um, the bedding periodically, mix it in to the bedding before your chicks get there, and it will help. But part of the process of decomposition is that the bacteria and the fecal material is going to break down um, their solid uh, urinary product and you get ammonia off-gassing. So make sure that there's enough airflow that, you know, if you're not going to put the product down, um, that they can actually get that that ammonia air away from their bodies. Um, there are test strips out there that you can use mm-hmm. um, to monitor that in the coop. If you smell it when you walk in, it's already too late. It's way okay. bad down there. Yep. I say you stick yep. your face down there and you take good... 30 solid breaths and see if you like it because they shouldn't have to. Um, So keep it clean. Keep it, uh, you know, put something down if you're, if you can. Um, They come in shaker cans. You can just buy the handful at it. Um, Lots of products out there. But make sure it's actually sequestering the ammonia and not just layering it with a pretty smell. Yep. So it needs to be a chemical process to sequester that ammonia if you're not going to run a fan in there all the time. All right. So ammonia can nail you, temperatures can nail you, wrong feed, and definitely a lack of water. Those are all areas where you need to pay attention this summer when you get your 10 chicks. That and the neighbor dog, critter that comes by thinking your flock is a snack. So we're going to see how well your guardian dogs do their job. Make sure that they are not. Yep, that's where they're going to be. The one they're going to be in the front pasture. Your in flock. The front pasture. Yep, with the cows and, and the guardian <laughs> dog. And um, so we, we uh, yeah, we'll definitely test them out because they'll have to, absolutely, I think we'll be good, good, good there. But you never and I know, would definitely like put these chickens last. Um. Well, no. Let's see. You've got. Do you have adult laying hens? Um, close to adult, but they won't be anywhere near these. Okay. All right. So 
your adult birds or your older birds need to be last on your routine. Your your chicks always need to be first on your routine. So when you go to wash up and have your dedicated footwear, maybe you've got a dedicated human that only takes care of the broiler chickens as your biosecurity measures. But they definitely because they're going to grow fast. They're 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 um, they're super used to being taken care of in conditions that are much more biosecure. So their their immune systems may not be able to hack. Even the simplest of things that could come along. So you definitely want to watch your biosecurity and um, make sure that they are the chickens you take care of on your daily routine. They would be. Yep, it's the first pasture we hit in the morning, and uh, yeah, the the. Uh, Why are you hitting adult. your pasture? That's not nice. <laughs> and we mean? take care of them, we and then we go that. to the back pasture and take care of them, and <laughs> say that shouldn't be a problem, and. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. We've done meat birds in the past, but I thought this would be a great learning opportunity. And even when I started talking about it, I was really even still today surprised that, and as long as I've been doing this, surprised at how many people were are interested. Oh, this is going to be great to follow along. I've always wanted to do this, or I've thought about doing this, or after time. Are you going to put this. pictures up on Facebook? Oh yeah, absolutely. We're going to do a okay. Facebook live cool. probably every day. And now you've talked me into weighing them. Um, so I've got to I've got to do twice. that, and I'm not yeah. going to be waiting before you put I'm them in their feed. Before they take a bite of feed, it's super easy, and and you've got kids. Make them do the math. Like, let them do the the adding yeah. up. We'll definitely do that, and uh, we have found, and believe it or not, when we just raised out our um, bovins brown, our, uh, and we had 200, and then we you know slowly sold them off. Uh, we still have, I think, about 40. But um, <laughs> my son, I can't remember his son or daughter, came in the house. Daddy, there's a snake in the brooder. There's a snake in the brooder. And I'm like, okay. So we walk out on the back porch where the brooder was, and uh, which sits about four and a half feet off the ground. And I just happened to kind of examine what's going in. I look in the, in the middle brooder, not the top one or the bottom one, in the middle. And sure enough, there's a chicken snake, a king snake, I guess it was, and um, black snake. You know. Oh, no. And, uh, he, yes, in the brooder. Okay, I've been doing this a long time, Dr. McCray. First time ever, first time for everything. And slithered through, um, which keys do you The need? water? Golf cart. Sorry, my son was like wanting the golf cart keys. There you go, bud. <laughs> That's dangerous, isn't it? And then, um, yes, yeah, so a slither through the openings where they stick their heads out to get the troughs of the water and the feed, and uh, had wrapped around, had had wrapped around, uh, and and this was probably. Let me think about how old um, they probably were um, bigger. So I'd say six weeks old, and um, and yep, had wrapped around it. So this is a pretty decent size pullet, okay? And the snake was, I would say, maybe four feet long, and um, and uh, had wrapped around the pullet, obviously as a constrictor type, and had the entire head and neck in its mouth. So all you, and then he, of course, the yeah, I, I got pictures of it, posted it. So that first time in the history of chicken whisper keep it chickens you know from back 25 years ever I've ne- it was it was it was a first and it was under so what do i you know i just opened the side of the brooder 
I'd get me my little uh, pinchers that you go to grab things with and get in there. You know, he was not letting go of that bullet. He was not. I mean, he would just assume me chop him in half, and I didn't because he gets he, he eats copperhead snakes, he eats poisonous snakes, and he eats you know he's a good snake to have around. And um, took pictures of it, you know, education. Look, guys, this, you know, you know, but um, he he was, and I let him have it. I took him down back to the creek, and I let set him there in the sandy um, little sandy island in the creek, and said, okay, hope you uh, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, he had unlocked. The Did jaw. you at least was it the was, chicken dead? Yeah, I, I, you know, there was no movement. Did or you give anything. him the I dead chicken to finish up? <laughs> oh yeah, he ne- he never let go of that chicken, Doctor McRae. He even in oh. the whole movement from 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 grabbing the the snake out of the brooder, putting it in a cardboard box, putting it on the golf cart, driving it down to the back forty, down to the creek. And taking it out of the box and laying it on a little sand berm, I guess you'd call it. And he ne- he he was must have been a hungry snake because he would have just assumed let me chop him in ten pieces as to let go of that little that pullet. He never. Okay. Ever, what time of day was this? It was midday. Well, Jen, wasn't it when we saw the snake in the brooder? It was midday, like, wasn't it? Oh, so it was more, so what, 9 a.m.? I thought it was midday. So so we'll just say between 9 and 11 a.m. Okay. So uh, he's a morning got, snake. Now, with, he, I got, you didn't see that that carcass there the next day. He finished it and went off, did he? Yeah, I went back to check. I went back to check later that later that day, and it was, carcass was gone, snake was gone, you know, no, no sign of anything. Not and, even um, a toenail left behind. Not even a toenail left behind. And I really, part of me is like, man, I wish I had time to just observe this because, I mean, it, it would have been, I think, he had he had his work cut out for him getting that big pullet digested. I could just see him slithering away with his big, <laughs> I wish now we should have hung around and kind of filmed it and took pictures of it. But, yeah, he was not letting go. No sirree, Bob. First time. 20-something years of, of, of brooding chicks, and uh, my kids come in, there's a snake in the brooder, Daddy! <laughs> like, oh, whatever, whatever. And uh, sure enough, there he was, you know, king snake, black snake, uh, chicken snake, whatever. And um, so, uh, yeah, there, and, and uh, you know, like I said, that's... Uh, At least it wasn't a rattlesnake, that's good. Yeah, definitely. That, I, I, my, my brooder would have had some... Uh, uh, probably missing half of it because if it was a, sna- a rattlesnake or a, I guess a copperhead, then I would have got the snake shot and loaded it up in the pistol and and had then taken him out and anything else that was in the brooder along with it. So, uh, and you probably would have yeah. rigged it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yep. So, uh, call GQF. Uh, uh, he probably hadn't had this call before, Steve, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need a replacement. I need a replacement. <laughs> well, what's going yeah. on? Well, we'll have a little snake shot issue with the 38, and the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> but no, that's a good snake. I didn't want to destroy that snake. I mean, I'm not a snake fan whatsoever, like anybody else. But that there was that snake is harmless to me. I'm willing to let him have you know the cycle of life. And it was great education for our kids. At first, my wife was like, "Get inside." I'm like, "No, no, no. This is not." 
farm, you know, so we had the, both kids went and observed, and they looked at it, and I pulled it out, and we saw what it was doing, and, and, you know, the whole nine yards, so we used it as a learning experience. And there are some the kids who never get to know that kind of stuff. Good for you. Yep. The cycle of life, so we made sure we turned it into educational experience for them. So anyway, hey, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Great topic, great timing because we've got the contest going on. Next week we'll have our meat birds. Next week Dr. Potesky will come on talk about, you know, the, the – the disease side and things to look out for on the vet end of it and uh, with these meat birds. So that that's going to be a great show. If you're tuning in now, tune in next week, the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next Thursday, Dr. Potesky uh, issues with raising backyard meat birds on, a, I guess, a health uh, um, a side of things. And so, uh, and and I'm sure you, as you do follow me, and you'll you'll see the pictures and the weights and all that kind of stuff. And and um, I've got you on speed dial, so if I have any uh, questions <laughs> that I could utilize to to teach all of our audience, then I will definitely do that. So, but thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Sure, sure. And may you and your lucky winner have a great chicken adventure. We're going to be looking forward to it. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Oh, hey, tell us about our next show in two weeks. we got a really important show. Oh, yes. I've got a little something special for everyone. I have located the best dozen eggs by a 4-H member in the state of Alabama. And we're going to go see their flock. We're going to get a chance to meet this young person and see how she did it. But I'm not going to tell you anything more other than she's about three hours from here on campus. So I'm going to hop in the car and go see her. And you guys are going to come and meet her with me. So look forward to that in a couple weeks. Looking forward to it. We did that last year. And me and um, my wife, we took a road trip. And we came out last year to the best dozen eggs in the state of Alabama and met the young lady and and, and interviewed her. That was awesome. And um, we're looking forward to it here in a couple weeks doing the same thing. So um, we'll definitely advertise that show as well. So, Dr. McRae, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. That'll be an exciting show. All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Take care. Alrighty, that's going to wrap up another episode of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And we talked about raising backyard meat birds today. And one lucky winner, don't forget to enter the contest. Very simple. Just post on our Facebook page what breed of meat bird you'd like to raise in your backyard. Maybe you'll win the 10 meat birds coming out and being shipped out from Cackle Hatchery this coming week, or I guess next week. So, hey, thanks for tuning in today. And we'll see you next time right here on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends at Calm Fox Feed. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer.